This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos on this Fantasy Friday, September 24th. We have a wonderful football-related show for you guys today, and my co-host Tony will be joining me in the next segment. But let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with the Nerd News. So the Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced its nominees for the 2022 class, including Steve Smith and Andre Johnson, headlining as first-time nominees. Now, since it's its inaugural 1963 class, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has inducted 346 members into Canton, Ohio, including the eight most recent members of the class of 2021. The next group of hopefuls vying for a bust include 122 nominees from the Pro Football Hall of Fame's initial list, none of whom has played a game within the last five years. That group will eventually get whittled down to 25 semifinalists in November and 15 finalists in January before the selection committee ultimately makes its choice on enshrinement. Some of the uh, first-time nominees for this year are Anquan Bolden, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Jake Long, Nick Mangold, Antonio Cromartie, Robert Mathis, Vince Wilfork, and Demarcus Ware. At least one first-time nominee has been selected for induction into the Hall of Fame every year since 2013, including three, Calvin Johnson, Peyton Manning, and Charles Woodson, last year. Another factor that could bode well for some of the first-time nominees is that both the class of 2019 and 2018 have each seen three people inducted, setting a precedent should one of this year's first-timers become a finalist. Moving on, Chicago has gotten small doses of Justin Fields through the first two weeks of the NFL season, but is about to see the rookie phenom significantly more. Bears coach Matt Nagy announced Wednesday that Fields, the 11th overall picked in this year's draft, will start the team's Week 3 game against Cleveland. Fields has played sparingly through the first two weeks, seeing the field for just 47 total snaps and attempting just 15 passes thus far. He entered Chicago's Week 2 game for an injured Andy Dalton and went 6-for-13 with 60 yards and an interception, his first real game used as a passer. The former Ohio State star also saw action in Week 1 and scored a rushing touchdown while completing two of two passes for 10 yards. At the time of Sunday's 20-17 win over Cincinnati, the extent of Dalton's injury wasn't known, but now NFL Network's Ian Rappaport has revealed what's ailing Dalton. Uh, Apparently, he's battling a bone bruise in his knee. Dalton went 9-for-11 on 56 yards and threw a touchdown before leaving the game, despite relatively quiet games from the team's top three skill position players, uh, running back David Montgomery and wide receivers Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. 
Moving over to the Packers, Aaron Jones paid the ultimate tribute to his late father during Green Bay's Monday night football victory over Detroit, putting up 115 total yards and four touchdowns. That's one rushing and three receiving in the Packers' 35-17 victory. Jones' father, Alvin Jones Sr., died April 6 due to complications of COVID-19. He was a fixture in Green Bay's stands and, according to PackersNews.com, would be the last person Jones looked to before home games started. Following the game, Green Bay's first full attendance contest since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Jones told ESPN's Lisa Salters that he wore a chain containing his father's ashes during the contest. He said he lost it somewhere in the end zone during one of his touchdowns and that the Lambeau Field grounds crew was actively looking for it. I actually have a chain with a football and his ashes are in it, Jones told Salters. I scored and it felt uh, it fell off in the end zone. So I'll go look for it, but I know he's happy. He'd be happy. If you lose it anywhere, lose it in the end zone. After the interview concluded on ESPN, Scott Van Pelt noted on SportsCenter that Salters had joined Jones and the grounds crew in looking for the chain. The story has a happy ending, as Jones tweeted on Tuesday, that the grounds crew had found the missing chain. And then finally, here in the nerd news, the NFL gave referee a controversial point of emphasis ahead of the 2021 NFL season. The league's competition committee wanted its officials to focus on penalizing taunting. The decision was made in the name of sportsmanship, as Giants owner John Mara explained at the time. We get kind of sick and tired of taunting that does go on from time to time on the field, Mara said during a news conference. We tried to balance the sportsmanship with allowing the players to have fun, and there's always been a fine line there but none of us like to see that. It's just a question of whether you can have rules that can be enforced and without taking the fun out of the game too, but nobody wants to see a player taunting another player. I know I certainly don't. I think the rest of the members of the competition committee feel the same way too. However, through two weeks of the season, the league's directive has been poorly received by fans and players. In week two of the 2021 NFL season, there were countless taunting calls whistled. Many of these celebrations were perfectly fine under the NFL's previous rules, but now players have to learn what behaviors, uh, behavior is and isn't acceptable on the fly, and they aren't happy about it. Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady is one of them. He commented, agree, on an Instagram post criticizing the new taunting rule. Brady saw teammate Mike Edwards get whistled for taunting after his second interception returned for a touchdown of the day, so it's easy to understand why the veteran quarterback would feel that way. He's not alone, however. And folks, that does do it for the new Nerd News, and we've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Uh, we are doing a daily deep dive with my co-host, Tony, talking uh, stardom and sit for fantasy picks. G-Man is joining me here in segment three to talk about uh, the week's bets and our top three picks. And then we close out the day as we do each and every day with Collector Corner looking at collectibles and things that you can do in the realm of football uh, to either make yourself some money or if you are a fan or collector, knowing uh, what there is to do uh, to pick up and uh, you know, what is of most value. So in any case, folks, uh, go ahead and stick with us through the commercials. We'll be back with my co-host, Tony, and we'll see you guys in just a couple minutes.
process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! Welcome back, everybody, to segment two of Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos on this Fantasy Friday. As you guys can see, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Filippo. Tony, how you doing this morning? Uh, tired, man. Just woke up. Literally uh, only been up for about about 10 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so out of bed, into a hat and stuff, you know, don't even know what day it is. It's been such a long work week, but... Uh, Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. Well, the good news is we're talking about something we both love. We talk about stuff we both love every day, but today is football. And of course, uh, we're talking fantasy football. And so, uh, you know, let's go ahead and get into our daily deep dive, talking NFL fantasy football week three. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And so, uh, you know, we are in the same fantasy league. Uh, we did face each other the first week where you beat me by five points. Luckily, last week, uh, it was good for both of us. I think we took uh, a couple of the top three spots there in overall points. But, you know, each week is new and each week is a new team. So we're going to go through some of the stardoms and sit for each of the key positions. Tony, get your input on that. Uh, and all of this is based on uh, the NFL Adam Rank's um, stardom and sit picks. Starting Adam off, Rank! <laughs> starting off with uh, Jalen Hurts as a stardom for the Philadelphia Eagles, which uh, makes a lot of sense. He's been producing and he's cheap on the fantasy side. Is he somebody you would consider in a uh, fantasy lineup tone? Um. Not in our salary cap league. I wouldn't go too much with him. I mean, he'll get you some points on the ground as a mobile quarterback. Um, does have a few targets, but also, you know, the Cowboys are much different this year. Um, I think it's at least a good stardom, you know, definitely as Adam Rank has him. I don't know if I got him as a QB one, but uh, definitely somebody if you're if he's on your bench or whatever, definitely something that might be a good matchup. Yeah, if you're able to put him in that second position, again, he, he's a cheap pickup and, uh, yeah, could potentially do well. But like you said, you know, the Cowboys, they're looking pretty good this season. So who's to say? Uh, first yeah. up on the sit list on the quarterback is, uh, no surprise, Jameis Winston of the New Orleans Saints. They're playing the Patriots this weekend, which uh, uh, it's definitely not a marquee matchup of any sorts, but Jameis Winston has looked like garbage. Do you agree? 
Uh, he looked great week one. He looked really good week one. Uh, and, and he looked really bad week two. And that's unfortunately been Jameis's uh, downfall uh, in his career. It's just the consistency is not there. Some weeks he's just so good. And then some weeks he's just so bad. So, yeah. yeah. Ah, and against a, a new vamped up uh, Patriots D and everything. Um, I picked the Patriots to win this one, and uh, I would I would agree. Definitely do not play Jameis Winston against the Patriots this week. Oh, totally agree. Moving back over to the stardom side with quarterback, somebody who has been looking good. Uh, Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. They're playing the Miami Dolphins this week. And uh, you know what? He could be a solid pickup. Again, if you're looking for somebody cheap, maybe as a backup. Um, yeah, he may even be a, a good number one pick if you've got, uh, you know, you're a little tight on the budget. Yeah, if you've got him in your lineup, definitely start him. Again, wouldn't pick him up in our uh, in our uh, salary cap league, but uh, you know he's got a good matchup against the Dolphins. Dolphins do have a bit of a good deep. However, you know for as far as pickums for teams to win this week, I've got the Raiders over the Dolphins because you don't have Tua. So if you don't have Tua, you don't have your captain, and uh, sometimes backup quarterbacks, it's hard to get going. And the Raiders have. You know, they've put on some good uh, matchups the last few weeks, so they look pretty good. Yep, yep. So uh, sticking in the AFC West and talking about good Ds, on the Sidham side, uh, definitely sick. Zach Wilson, the New York Jets QB against our Denver Broncos. Uh, Jets look like garbage anyway. Zach Wilson has not been performing, and the Denver Broncos D has looked solid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you start the Denver Broncos defense this week. Yeah, hell, I don't start Zach Wilson against the Broncos. Uh, no. Zach's in for a tough day. On paper, he's in for a really, really bad Sunday. Yay for our Broncos, <laughs> though. Although, I'm not wearing Broncos gear today. <laughs> you know, normally I wear my Broncos hat, but uh, it's it's early. <laughs> this is and, what happens just, when you get the text and you're like, hey, dude, you up? Ready to do this? Whoop. Yep, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, let's move on over to the running backs on the stardom side. Uh, they are recommending Saquon Barkley, running back of the New York Giants, against the Atlanta Falcons. You know he's been doing all right. Um, again, he's somebody I might pick up as a backup running back, maybe not as a uh, a key guy. But uh, you know, what do you think, Tone? Uh, Saquon's, you know, as the season gets going and he gets more acclimated, of course, he's going to be a dominant running back. And against the woeful Falcons, it's a it's a great start. It's somebody you definitely if you can get available and he doesn't cost you much in a salary league or you already have him, you know, definitely start him with confidence this week. Makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, somebody that you will want to sit on the running back side is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs against the Chargers. Chargers have been looking good. Edwards-Hilaire hasn't really been performing, at least not up to the level he was last season. You know, he may have a breakout game, but uh, at this point, I don't think he's impressed enough to uh, be a good pickup on the fantasy side. Right. And the Chargers have, you know, the Chargers are a tough matchup for the Chiefs. They do have the Chiefs winning this, you know, in prediction. Uh, Hilario will get you some points, but uh, definitely you have better options out there. I mean, there's definitely a few more in that list you, you could easily go for over him. Exactly. Uh, over on the stardom side, somebody I wouldn't consider, but again, maybe in a second position, especially if you're looking to pick up somebody for cheap. Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. They're playing the Buffalo Bills, which is a hard matchup. But, 
he's been performing. Yeah, he has been performing, but you know, versus any of these guys they've listed, I know these are Adam Rank's list. I mean, I like his sleeper part uh, down at the bottom, Javante Williams or even Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos against the Jets. I, I would take either two of those. I know you got uh, Gordon, I've got Williams in our league. Much better starts than I think this. I, Gibson's a little tough because, like, on paper, they're saying that he's good, but he's one of their only weapons. All the Bills have to do is shut that down to slow down the production. So, because the Bills got a great defense. I mean, they really do. So, I would go the uh, route of finding a different one over Antonio Gibson, me personally. It makes He's a hell sense. of a running back, though. Yeah, and they won't be airing it out much. But at the same time, if they do get that ground game going, he could put up some potentially big numbers. Over on the sit side, uh, we were just talking Broncos. Well, you know, uh, Michael Carter of the New York Jets. Again, that Broncos D is looking good, and they've been shutting down the run game throughout the first two games. And uh, Michael Carter overall hasn't been doing all that well. So, uh, you know, what say you, Tone? Yeah, definitely wouldn't play him against the Broncos. <laughs> it's hard to – I would say let's just – let's just spoiler alert. Do not play a single New York Jet against the Denver Broncos this week. It's it's not going to do you well in fantasy. Probably but then good... again, it could be a trap game, and they could have a hell of a game, And uh, but highly unlikely. Yeah, yeah, let's hope not for our fandom's sake. All right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Moving over to the wide receiver position on the stardom side is one of my go-to receivers. I've played him uh, the first two games. I know you've added him to your lineup. We're talking Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams playing the difficult Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he has been performing. He's been doing well, and he is definitely the go-to receiver for Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. He's had 11, uh, you know, 11 targets with at least three yards of separation, and he's turned those into eight receptions for 153 yards and a touchdown. Cup's been a beast in the uh, fantasy for the first two weeks, and I don't see that stopping. Him and Stafford seem to have a connection, and that's not just a good thing. That's a great thing. <laughs> Over on the sit side on the uh, wide receivers, um, Marquez Callaway from New Orleans Saints, again, against the New England Patriots. And uh, I'd say that's more a fault to Jameis Winston than it is Marquez Callaway. But uh, yeah, you know, if you don't have a good quarterback, you probably won't have a good receiving receiver uh, in fantasy. Yeah, and if you guys, if you get a chance, you go to NFL.com and do the NFL fantasy ranks uh, with Adam Rank. His stuff is funny. Like he has here, Callaway was the most hyped thing since the original Suicide Squad movie and has been just about as disappointing. He always has good pop culture quips uh, or wrestling quips in there. Very funny guy. Um, I agree, man. I picked up Callaway the first week and the dude laid a turd, man. He's but He was supposed to, he's supposed to, this is his time to shine why Michael Thomas is injured, you know, but then again, it's not all on Callaway. You got to look at who's throwing him the ball. And like I said, in the quarterback segment, you got Jameis Winston, who some weeks fire other weeks, not a dumpster fire. So with caution, wouldn't use him. 
on, at all on this. <laughs> and then finally on the stardom, somebody I wouldn't have considered, but it makes a lot of sense. A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans against the Indianapolis Colts with as well as Derrick Henry's been doing in the ground game. He's been targeted 17 times by Ryan Tannehill and uh, performing well because the defenses are, are keeping their eye on Henry. Uh, is he somebody you would pick yeah. up, Tone? Yeah, definitely. If it was like in our league, if you know you're trying to fit him in there, A.J. Brown would be a good one. And uh, also on this list, I would agree with his uh, D.K. Metcalf. It's probably D.K. Metcalf's week because Tyler Lockett had the big week last week. So yep, um, yep. either option, I would, you know, just depending on if you get uh, if you come across A.J. Brown, he's available in your league. He's definitely worth a start for sure. <laughs> well, folks, that does it. God, time flies by so fast for the fantasy football section uh, of this show. But uh, stay tuned. We've got G-Man up next with this week's sports betting bets, the uh, top three picks. G-Man! <laughs> and we will see you all then. Go, bro. Welcome back, everybody, to Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos. As a reminder, we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook or li- uh, sorry, Facebook Live or YouTube Live. If you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Twitter and Instagram at Phoenix Media Radio. And Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Filippo5381 or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, if you guys are watching, you will recognize the face uh, just to my left, to my right, depending on where you're looking at. Uh, It is the G-Man, as we like to do on Fridays. We have him here to talk about this week's top three sports betting picks. But as always, I've got a question for you, G-Man. Are you ready for football? How's it going? It's going good, brother. How are you doing? I'm always ready for some football. Oh, I love this time of year so much. <laughs> well, yeah, so- we got Panthers at the Texas tonight. You know, we actually get to get some juice. That'll be fun. You know, Thursdays are always a great way to sort of kick off the rest of the weekend. Now, speaking of weekends, obviously, if you guys follow our Facebook page, you've noticed that uh, we've put up the G-Man's matchups posts. Uh, We haven't done a live segment until now. Actually, the first week we had a corrupted file, but we won't get into that. But in any case, week one, G-Man, you went three and oh. Last week, not as successful. You went one and two. But you're still four and two overall. And uh, as far as all of your bets across uh, all the games, how are you faring so far? Um, total, including the top three, it looks like we've come out of the first two weeks exactly 50-50 at 16 and 16. Um, you know, done a little bit better with the top three. Um, missed the uh, the Rams bet last week by a half a point. But that happens, you know, you... You always, uh, you know, uh, when you win them by a half a point, you're like, oh, yeah, you just move on. But the ones that, of course, you miss by half a point, those those sting a little bit more. Right. You're this Um, close. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and get into our matchups for this week, starting off with our wild card matchup. You've got the Patriots minus three versus the Saints. A couple of years ago, this would have been a marquee matchup. Brady 
versus Breeze. It would have been awesome. Now it's just a matter of what team doesn't screw up the most. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think that uh, what this gets down, you know, to me, of course, you have two excellent coaches, uh, you know, on on both squads. Um, I think, you know, however, uh, there's a couple factors. Uh, first, the the Saints are are a, a dome team. You know, they play half their games there every year, and it's not quite you know old man winter yet. But you're still going to have a little bit more brisky weather, uh, possibly some wind and things like that. Um, you know, the turf's going to slow them down a little bit. And I think that, uh, you know, when it gets down to it, you know, although, uh, you know, the Patriots have, you know, the rookie uh, quarterback from Alabama, um, of course, his pedigree is very strong. Um, he's, you know, used to, you know, running, you know, pro offenses, uh, even though they, of course, Alabama, you know, has a decided advantage most of the time with talent. And it's not, you know, quite a, you know, an accurate gauge. But that being said, I mean, uh, Jameis Winston, you know, being as spotty as he has been historically, including last week, um, I think that the quarterbacks are, are at, at uh, worst equal, you know, to each other in spite of Winston's, uh, you know, few years in the NFL already. Um, and then, you know, then that being said, it gets down to defense. Uh, you got a legitimate home field advantage now with the crowds being able to go to the game. And uh, so that's, you know, you're talking about a field goal. So I'll buy the hook uh, half a point down. So if it's decided by a field goal, I'm going to win instead of push. And let's see what happens. It should be a good one. Uh, You know, again, not the marquee that we thought it was going to be. But, uh, you know, you got some inexperienced guys out there. And, uh, you know, Belichick is always fun to watch on the sidelines. Let's move on to our marquee matchup, which, again, if you went back to last year, you would have thought, eh. Who cares? But you've got the Eagles at plus four at the Cowboys. Both teams have been looking really well. Um, I mean, there was that nail biter with the Cowboys and Zerline's kick last week. And, uh, you know, basically it's one of those things where uh, it could go either way. I'd almost lean towards more the Cowboys, but how do you see it going? Yeah, and it's not that, of course, you're wrong. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that the Cowboys uh, probably, sh- uh, sh- they should win this game. Um, it really gets down to a couple things. Um, I think that so far, the Eagles' defense this year has, has shown up uh, first on the road. The first week uh, with the Falcons pretty much shut those guys out uh, completely. And then um, the 49ers, too, you know, they held the Niners to, I think, 17 points last week. Uh, Niners beat them by a, a couple of field goals, but the defense is definitely strong uh, so far. And on the Cowboys side, not so much. Um, you know, an NFC East game, uh, you know, where, of course, it's going to be probably a defensive battle and it's probably going to be close. Um, and so that's where the four points, even if, you know, Dallas uh, decides it, you know, by field goal or something like that, I like the four points. If it was three, you know what I mean? It, it, you know, my probably if I, I'd still be buying the hook, as I suggest on this one too, you know, still buy the hook at four and a half. Um, and then, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, again, Jalen, I don't think he's uh, comparable to Dak uh, at, at all. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's a, he's still coming off an injury. And, uh, you know, I know that, uh, 
you know, he had a really good, you know, first week and, and all systems seemed, you know, to be, uh, you know, go with, with Dak. But I think that as normal in the back of his mind, you know what I mean? There's going to be still a little bit of reluctance, you know, to run the ball as much as, you know, that he, uh, you know, has done in his early, early days, um, just probably a little bit more conservative approach. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, again, uh, NFC East, you know, first of all, you want to make sure that you stop the run. And if if Dak is throwing the ball, you know, 40, 50 times in that game, that's going to be probably good for the Eagles. And to be fair, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't really been performing all that well. He's been doing okay, but not to the standard that he's being paid for. And Jalen Hurts (laughs) on the... Eagles side has been looking pretty good. In fact, in our last segment, uh, talking about fantasy picks pickups, you know, Jalen Hurts is a cheap quarterback pickup for somebody who can put up some good points for you. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not. They're not one to kick him off the team yet. You no. know that's for sure. And it looks like the the players are playing for him. Um, you know, let's say, you know, he's not the only quarterback either. You know, I mean, Cam Newton, first of all, comes to mind. You know, he he came in and he wasn't known by any stretch of the imagination, you know, as a as a pure passer. Um, I mean, that's always been the knock on on Cam. And so Jalen, um, you know, is uh, uh, developing, you know, for sure. You can you can see that. And I think the key with him so far, uh, as you as you can see when you watch the games, is that he's he's not turning the ball over. Um, you know, he's, he's 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 doing a pretty good job as far as managing it. And so if those things come along, because he's definitely still a threat as a big boy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pretty quick. He can run when he needs to. And so you always have that threat um, on defense, keeping them on their heels. And so. Yeah, if he could keep developing uh, his his passing acumen, you know, then he he could stick in the league. Makes a lot of sense. And then finally, let's move on to our best bet matchup. You've got the Cardinals minus seven at the Jaguars. Cardinals have been looking really good this season. Kyler Murray, he's been one of my top uh, fantasy guys, even though he had two interceptions last week. But, uh, you know, at negative seven, you know, you're playing with a, a, a touchdown there, um, and the Jaguars are still kind of finding their groove. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty much it. I think that uh, f- the first couple of weeks, of course, you have the rookie quarterback that's kind of uh, so far this year, his stats are anything but impressive. And again, um, it's not it's not easy, you know, to come into the league and as a as a, a rookie. You know, it's a lot easier than it used to be. Remember back in the day, man, they used to sit him, you know, for two or three years, you know, really bring him along at least for a couple of years, you know, before even giving him any kind of significant game time. But now these high draft picks, you know, they're uh, kind of looking uh, for a reason, you know, to kind of get him in. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, man, I tell you what, I was a detractor when he first came in. I thought he was going to be too small. I didn't think the throwing lanes were going to be there. But I have to say the little guy's pretty magical. I mean, he's uh, again, I mean, he's like he is my he's literally my size, <laughs> you know, and you and you know me. I'm not a, a real a big person by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I'd be really happy if somebody said I was average height. <laughs> you know? But uh, but that dude is pretty impressive. I mean, um, just being able to buy time and um, it, 
you know, really thinking about it, like his accuracy. I mean, everything from last year, you know, that Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins, you know, to steal the game from the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, and this year so far so good. I mean, um, you know, he's putting points on the board. And that's where I think that's where, oh, man, seven points. How often do I do that if you're traveling all the way across to the from the West Coast to the East Coast? I mean, I'm going against, uh, you know, kind of my betting axiom here. But because Jags have started out with the kind of the deer in the headlights thing, um, you know, with the quarterback and even I think their their head coach, their defense has played pretty good, um, you know, against the teams, uh, you know, that they, you know, they've, they've kept it, you know, to a respectable number. But the offense is definitely stagnant. And I think uh, with the Cardinals defense, they're just balanced. You know, so far they're really balanced on both sides of the ball. And I think that if we, again, bought the hook down to six and a half, that the Cardinals should win by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I think that's a a good conservative bet. And just a couple stats for you real quick. Kyler Murray is averaging 370 passing yards uh, in the first two games. And the Jaguars have a negative five turnover ratio through the first two games. So, uh, yeah, I think you you may have hit the nail on the head. Well, G-Man, always appreciate you coming on, talking football. We love it. Wish there was more time. Want to remind everybody that G-Man is uh, part of Seedless Tendency, who is playing this weekend in Reno. Uh, for Street Vibration, so definitely go check them out. What's the venue again? Uh, Free show at the new uh, Mask uh, restaurant. They converted into a a club on the weekends, and uh, they've been wanting to bring a band in, so we'll be the first one. And it's a free show, rare free show. Uh, Reno Palooza was postponed, and so we pivoted and uh, booked this, and it's going to be a lot of fun during Street Vibrations for sure. 9 o'clock to 10.30, and then a DJ will start at 11.00. Very cool. Thanks again, G-Man. And that's at Mask. Okay, at Mask. And I'll put it on the up. M-A-S-Q-U-E, right across from where uh, Harris used to be. Perfect. I'll put it on the uh, post. And then uh, we will see you next week. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Let's get those picks in. See you. Welcome back, everybody, to the fourth and final segment of Phoenix and Filippo Pop Culture Chaos on this Fantasy Friday. Now, I wanted to remind everybody that we are, you could basically get us anywhere that you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, about 20 in all. So if you are looking for the show, go ahead and, uh, you know, head on over to any of those podcast formats. You can find us on uh, the Christian Phoenix radio show. It's still listed under that for right now, but that'll change over soon just to give people a little transition time with the new format. Now, before we get into the collector corner, I wanted to remind everybody that we do a daily Instagram story poll. Basically, you choose between one person or the other based on, or one group, uh, based on uh, the day's uh, theme, today being Fantasy Friday. And uh, today's Instagram story poll is Brett Favre versus Tom Brady, who is the greater quarterback. Obviously, Brady's known as the GOAT, but uh, there may be some far fans out there as well. And for every time you vote, you are entered into a chance to win our monthly prize, uh, which this month is a Loot Crate mystery subscription box. So uh, full of 
fun, fun, good items. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the collector corner, run down some uh, collectibles here in the Fantasy Friday realm. Take my money. So today we're going to be looking at the most expensive football memorabilia of all time ever sold. And uh, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, let's go ahead and start off with this one. It is the Green Bay Packers 1921 franchise certificate. Its selling price, $19,550. One of the most storied teams in football history, the Green Bay Packers, aren't only special because they won the first Super Bowl. The Packers hold the distinction of being the only publicly traded team in the NFL with more than 360,000 cheeseheads, holding more than 5 million shares that were purchased in five stock sales between 1923 and 2011. That fact makes the team's original franchise certificate a true one-of-a-kind memorabilia item. On February 4th, 2017, at the Super Bowl 51 live auction in Houston, that non-yellowed piece of paper sold for just south of $20,000. Next one on the list is the Patriots AFC Championship game Deflategate Ball. I'm sure we all remember that one. Its selling price, $43,750. According to Sports Illustrated, the New England Patriots in the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era are one of the greatest, if not the greatest, dynasties in football history. That dynasty, however, will forever be associated with two scandals, Spygate in 2007 and Deflategate in 2015. Spygate cost Bill Belichick $500,000 and the team another $250,000. Deflategate was a 544-day saga during which Patriots quarterback Tom Brady was accused and later received a four-game suspension for manipulating air pressure in game balls to make them easier to throw. In 2015, a stadium fan was handed what would go on to become one of the 11 Deflategate balls used in the AFC Championship game. She sold it at auction for $44,000. Yeah, just a little south of that. Next up on the list is Vince Lombardi's 1956 New York Giants Championship ring. Its selling price, $50,100. The eternally quotable Vince Lombardi, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up, is arguably the greatest coach in NFL history. The Super Bowl trophy is named in his honor. He is most famously known as the coach of the Green Bay Packers during the iconic team's 1960s golden era, but in 1956, he was offensive coordinator of the New York Giants, who won a championship. There wasn't yet a Super Bowl that year. When a collection of Lombardi memorabilia was auctioned off in 2017, no item fetched more than his Giants championship ring. Next, we have Johnny Unitas' Raymond Berry touchdown ball from the 1958 NFL title game, which sold for $62,140. The 1958 NFL championship game pitted the Baltimore Colts against the New York Giants at Yankee Stadium in what the Baltimore Sun claims is known as the greatest game ever played. In the second quarter, an 86-yard Colts drive culminated in a touchdown pass from legendary Colts quarterback, Johnny Unitas to split end Raymond Berry. The Colts would eventually emerge victorious in sudden death overtime, and nearly 60 years later, the ball Unitas threw sold for more than $62,000 at auction. Moving on with the list, <clears throat> Steve Wright's 1966 Super Bowl I ring, its selling price $73,409. Steve Wright played on several NFL teams, but none as glamorous as the Green Bay Packers that drafted him. Under the stewardship of Vince Lombardi, 
Wright found his groove when he switched from the defensive line to the offensive line. The big man was part of the squad that won both Super Bowl I and Super Bowl II. In 2011, Wright auctioned off the ring he earned for his role in the inaugural Super Bowl for more than $73,000. Next up is a jersey worn by Jim Brown during the 1962-63 season, its selling price $78,000. Only a handful of jerseys have ever fetched a higher price at auction than the one worn by Hall of Fame Cleveland Browns fullback Jim Brown, who went to nine straight Pro Bowls during his nine-year career. The Browns' great great ran for 12,312 yards and scored 126 touchdowns. Known for his toughness and grit, Brown had one of his best seasons during the 1962-63 season when he picked up 1,863 yards. When Brown's jersey from that season went up for auction in 2017, bidding opened at $25,000. 14 bids later, the hammer dropped at $78,000. Today, Jim Brown is one of the richest NFL MVPs of all time. Speaking of jerseys, the next item is a jersey worn by Johnny Unitas, who we mentioned uh, just a couple items ago, from 1967. That selling price, $103,500. Four years after Jim Brown donned the jersey that would sell for a near-record price, more than a half-century later, Johnny Unitas pulled on a jersey that would go on to sell for even more. Not only is uh, is game-worn Unitas gear hard to come by, according to the Baltimore Sun, but this specific Unitas jersey from (coughs) 1967 was especially unique and therefore more valuable because it underwent a team repair on the front. In the end, the jersey fetched six figures and beat even the high expectations that were set for it. Next up on the list is another ring, this one actually from a Super Bowl, from William Refrigerator Perry's Super Bowl XX appearance. Wow, this one sold for $203,150. NFL players are big men with big hands and big fingers. When they win Super Bowls, they get really big rings, but none bigger than the size 25 ring worn by William Refrigerator Perry, who boasts the largest championship ring ever produced. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, the ring is one of history's most coveted pieces of Chicago sports memorabilia. Perry was a 320-pound rookie who became one of the biggest names of football when Bears coach Mike Ditka used him at fullback in short yardage situations. The ring, which sold for more than $200,000 in 2015, was gifted to Perry after the Bears dominated the Patriots in 1985 Super Bowl XX, and Perry scored a memorable touchdown. Next up is not NFL, but actually uh, college, is uh, O.J. Simpson's 1968 Heisman Trophy, its selling price $230,000. The Heisman Trophy that sold for $230,000 at an auction in 1999 would have been quite a collector's item, even under the most normal of circumstances. First of all, it was one of the only Heismans ever to be sold at auction. Making it even more unique was the fact that the word athletic was misspelled. The engraver left out the T. All of that, however, is dwarfed by the stature of the person who owned it, O.J. Simpson. Simpson was awarded college football's highest honor in 1968, before he embarked on one of the greatest careers in professional football. Later, he swapped fame for infamy as the defendant in the most-watched murder trial in American history. Simpson was famously acquitted of the murder, 
but he later lost a $33.5 million civil lawsuit, which led to the auctioning of his property, including the Heisman itself. And then finally, you have Rudy Rutgers gear from his only Notre Dame game, sold for $241,500. Although Daniel Rudy Rucker only played for 27 seconds during one play in a single game, he is probably the most famous Notre Dame football player in history. His inspirational, heartwarming, and according to former Fighting Irish teammate Joe Montana, greatly embellished underdog story was immortalized in the 1993 sports movie classic, Rudy. On Super Bowl weekend in Houston 2017, gear worn by Rudy, who is now a motivational speaker, commanded nearly a quarter million dollars. Well, folks, that does it for today's show. Join us back here on Monday for a movie Monday where we will have a whole new slew of things to uh, get into. But in the meantime, enjoy your weekend and we will see you all then. Bye, folks.